This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account. We're member-owned and offer all the services you're looking for, like mobile banking and free ATM withdrawals. Visit our website at pfcu.com. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Now on Talk Radio Presented by the Law Offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is a special edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc, Krause, and John Doherty. And our number two of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause as we broadcast you. This is the John Doherty Hour. We welcome everyone in against good, good opening conversation, uh, J. Doc. And as we get John into the conversation, we'll get uh, his thoughts about it. I thought John McNesby wrapped it up for us uh, in the first hour. Um, it was great to see uh, or great to hear John talk about McClef. And again, we're going to be live uh, for that event coming up in October. It'll be a Saturday night. Uh, what it, what, what an amazing event! It will be, and and J Doc. I don't know if you have ever, and John, I'm sure you have. I don't know if you've ever been in a room or at a gala, a military based gala, a military based gala where it is military deck to the nines, and it is an experience that. Um, is one to have. Uh, John, welcome in, my friend. Nice to get started with you. Um, how you doing on a Saturday night? Great, guys. Had a good day today. Had uh, a lot of family around. I had Aaron and Amy here, and uh, we were talking all-star labor classic. Amy, oh, uh, I love was, it. Uh, she, she played in the 95 all-star labor classic, so I was teasing her about being a little bit older. But it was a good day, good afternoon. I'm hoping that you guys had fun today. And, uh, yeah, I have been to a lot of military events. Each year, you know, we were one of the bigger, you know, sponsors in the Marine Corps scholarship funds and, and, and assorted other military events throughout my, my career at Local 98. And uh, almost every Army-Navy game, the Local 98 box was a place for people to stop. And a couple of years, we actually traded up a little bit you know, we, we have our normal one that was used for business, but we actually traded up a little bit because we had a big military, uh, and we had a lot of the five-star generals, you know, uh, that were still, you know, still alive and still around. And, uh, you know, people like Patrick Murphy and Brian Stevenson and, you know, an awful lot of people were involved, you know, with making sure these guys uh, were entertained properly and respected. And so, yeah, and they are big events. You know, they, uh, these people have, you know, I mean, they not only dedicated their life to protecting us and protecting what we stand for, but they were leaders in, in the aspect, a lot of these guys. And, you know, I thought that we did a really good job, the Philadelphia Building Trades, at, you know, saying thank you when we can. Yeah, and John, I'm always impressed by the um, leadership 
um, that you've always had and, and, and the synergy that we've had uh, with between the building trades and our entire labor community um, and, and, and the military and our veterans, uh, in, in, in including, uh, the, you know, the, the, uh, the memorial uh, and, and, and the leadership that labor took in, 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 in getting that, um, you know, obviously constructed. Um, talk about that synergy that we have because it's almost, it, it, we have so many of our members, it's almost like taking care of our own. It is like taking care of our own. Yeah, listen, we, some of the first and best and still best programs out there for taking people that come home you know, and history will prove that after the First World War, the Second World War, you know, people came in, and, and that's when we rebuilt America, and we and we did it with Union Crafts people, and most of them were veterans, you know, and veterans' families, and and then we've just kept it all the way up. And the Helmets to Hard Hats program, yeah, is significant and successful, and you know, we joke around, but Wayne Miller is kind of a guy who never lets that. Uh, Wayne always brings up the helmets, the hard hats program. If you're a new business manager, you get a lecture from Wayne the first day, you know, and he, he's been responsible. You know, the multi-veteran center, you know, I, it's funny. I was the chairperson at the Philadelphia Redevelopment Authority for eight years on the John Street. And there were a lot of people concerned when he gave it to me. Because, again, you know, they were saying, oh, my God, you know, it's development. You know, you're putting the fox in the hen house. And uh, what I did, one of my first moves was to go visit the multi-vet center down a fourth and, you know, race right under the bridge there. And at the time, I, you've heard me tell the story, Joe, quite often. The, it was amazing. And, and they were coming back from some of the desert storm, you know, activity back then. And, you know, a majority of the people were people of color. And when, what they did was the first floor you walked in, Back then, you walked in. You, if it was the winter, you got you got the uh, heat on, then you got a warm meal, then you could get changed, put a robe on. They clean your clothes and heat them up, and then they take you upstairs to make sure whatever you were entitled to. They couldn't keep you, but they would make sure that you were medically safe. And if you had a cold, they you know, and then they they send you out. If it was the the summer, you come in, you know, you get you get get some fresh air. Again, you get a sandwich and you know, something to drink. You go to See, you know, the people there to help you with benefits. I just got blown away. It was my first day, you know, it was like my first month or two as the head of this authority. And I took Mikey Farrow with me. And the people that were involved back then were Franny, uh, rest his soul, uh, Rafferty, and, uh, you know, even Mary Frances Fogg was pretty active. And I know Debbie Derricks and Joe Brooks and people like that are still probably pretty active. But what we did is I said, man, how can I help? And what we did is we modernized the facility. We added computers. And, you know, that from a volunteer perspective at Local 98, from the trades perspective, we, we tried to supply them with dollars and cents. And me, from a political perspective, I found a way to give them the bricks and, um, uh, the bricks and mortar there without, without a mortgage. So I did it. You know, we, we did something at the Redevelopment Authority. You know, we went through 25 lawyers, and we're able to, we were able to give them their building. And, I mean, little things like that. You know, we just did it. We were all the way up. We were involved with them from start to finish. And, and I'm, I feel really good about that. I mean, it's just that, you know, and I think it's a, it's a population of people that are underappreciated and not rewarded appropriately when they come home. You know, and, and you know, absolutely, you're right. <clears throat> I agree with that 200% yeah. or higher. 
Um, well done, well stated. This is the John Doherty Hour here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We've got a interesting John Doherty Hour uh, tonight. We've got Larry Christensen, who's going to come up uh, and join us after the break. At 7.45 or 7.46 or 48, somewhere in there, we'll get some football talk. The Eagles, by the way, ironically, it was Military Appreciation Day today down at the NovaCare Center. Big Barrett Brooks from the Jacob Network will join us. We'll talk a little football with Barrett Brooks. And then in the middle of Larry and Barrett, we continue, J-Doc, to follow and talk and spotlight this Starbucks story that started in conversation two or three shows three weeks ago with Lynn, um, Fox. With, with Lynn Fox and Kit Flegler uh, will be along with us um, sandwiched between Larry and Barrett. Look forward to that conversation yeah, as well. Absolutely, man. Things are going on. It is a, a really cool show. And, of course, if anybody heard the, the, the show with Lynn Fox uh, of Workers United, uh, uh, it's one of the most um, uh, really incredible uh, campaigns of organizing uh, in the history of her career and really um, in, 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 the, in, in, the, in the nation. So, And it's front-page news. And, and in Philadelphia, um, it, it, it's happening at front and center. So, yeah, we'll get to talk to to, to in somebody who's really in the middle of it. John Doherty, I've always referred to you as Philly's biggest fan. This is a sports show um, for you, brother. We should have some good talk with Larry, and then Barrett will wrap us up on the end with uh, some Eagles talk. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, good stuff. We'll take a commercial break. The John Doherty Hour rolls on. Back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC 21. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here live on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, this is the John Doherty Hour. Kat Fligler will be with us at the bottom of the hour. And then Double B, Barrett Brooks, will join us. Uh, we'll talk Eagles football as uh, camp is now underway, J-Doc. But uh, we're going to talk baseball first uh, with a returning guest to the show. Great to have uh, Larry Christensen is going to join us in just a moment. Yeah, you know, I'm sure Larry's had some incredible moments in his career. The labor show, I'm sure, being one of them. Uh, yeah, that's why he's coming back. <laughs> You're darn right. Uh, and, 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 Joe, you and I know, and I know Johnny Doc knows, um, where we were uh, in, in 1980 when Tug McGraw threw that last pitch. One of the greatest moments in, in the history of the city, no question about it. Um, and, 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 and having said that, um, uh, there's a lot going on. We're ecstatic to bring in to the program Larry Christensen, who was a member of that 1980 World Championship team. Larry, how are you, sir? Hey, guys, doing great. Uh, good to hear hear your voices and hear a little bit of those ads and all of my associates and clients and friends and brought back brings back a lot of memories and but yeah we got uh, we got the big 1980 reunion coming up we were supposed to have our 40 re, 40 year reunion a, a couple of years ago because of covid it's going to be celebrated 
this, uh, you know, in, in next weekend. So, uh, but looking forward to saying hi to you guys and everybody on the show. Well, it, it, it's, it's great to have you, Larry. And, and uh, what is it like, by the way, when you get to see those guys um, from that really historic team um, here in Philadelphia? And, and when everybody, I remember where I was. I remember what I was thinking um, when, when, when that World Series was won. What's it like when you see the guys? Well, it's great. You know, I've, I mean, I was just in Cooperstown to, to welcome Jim Cott into the Hall of Fame and who was a teammate prior to that 1980 World Series team. And during the 76, 7, and 8, when we were in the playoffs and got, you know, moved on quickly by the Cincinnati Reds and then twice by the Dodgers in 77 and 78, which we had fabulous teams during those times. And then, but remember, you know, who we had come show was pete rose so when pete rose came that was uh that was the spark plug and i just saw pete had dinner with him just saturday night a week ago and uh you know guys like uh tim mccarver i was talking to today and called carl and carlton and and uh looking forward pete will be on the on the field on sunday awesome man so so pete's going to be welcome back and and with great memories back in those days of playing ball with Pete and having, you know, Pete and lead our team and, and, and just make all the, you know, everybody better. And, and he was a winner. And so I, I don't think, no, I don't think we win the world series without Pete Rose, certainly. So, well, well the iconic catch that he, you know, when he, when he, when he, when he caught the, uh, you, you know, the play when it yeah. the, 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 the bounced yeah. out of Booney's uh, club, that to yeah. me, signified you know like a hundred years of, of of history pete rose catching that ball and obviously it was a good yeah. moment johnny doc yeah well look i'm just i love larry larry knows that we're, we're personal friends i think that larry and not only is he a great dad okay does a great job representing you know our local union investments as well as everybody's investments you know he's a money manager he's done a great job for people over the years inside the building trades you know uh He's my family's second favorite pitcher. He knows that Dick Ruthven, <laughs> when they came up together, I was feeling and him have had a running conversation. You know, she's, she's had a Dick Ruthven Canada dry can. And every time I tell Larry, I said, Larry, throw everything away. She keeps it. I don't understand why. Uh-huh. But Larry, you know, I mean, great athlete. And what he does is, I mean, he, and, and I'm not surprised, Larry, that you were with Jim Cott in Cooperstown. I'm not surprised that, you know, you were with Pete. I mean, you seem to be the one consistency that everybody, everywhere we go. You know, we have Joe Han and Carlton around. Joe, you're with them. Yeah. You, you know, Trucker. And I don't try, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but I got to tell you, I am really excited about Pete Rose. I was a diehard Pete Rose guy. Oh, you know, I, I think know, he I got know. a chance yeah. here. And, and, he, yeah. he, and we wouldn't have won the World Series without him. Okay. No. And, uh, and, right. and uh, I, I've listened to you tell stories. Once, I think it was like Nola Ryan, right, through about 110 miles an hour. And, and, and you said something that Pete gets up, you know, lines of baseball down the third baseline and says that out of hours at Nola Ryan early in the game. Come on, man, you got more than that, don't you? I mean, it's just stuff like <laughs> yeah, that. There, I mean, yeah, I there's – oh, yeah, yeah. One of the, one of the greatest, uh, you know, real quick is uh, Larry Boa. When, when Pete Rose said he hit like a girl, when he was with the Cincinnati Reds, and Larry Boa's got the bases loaded the first – and only grand slam that he ever hit. Yep. I'm, I'm pretty sure. So he, Larry Boa, gets a hold of one and hits one over the fence. And he is—I'll never forget it. He is screaming at Pete, 
take take a ride on that, Pete. Take a ride on that one, you know. And then and then as far as that eighty catch with the Bob the, the ball popping out of Booney's glove and into the oh, yeah. hands of Pete Rose snags it with his glove. You know, I was on this never. I was on the top step, uh, leaning up on the step where I like to sit at the end of the dugout and watch yeah. games. I was right up close, and and they were right there. And I'll never forget that either. And then certainly, you know, as you opened up with with Tug throwing the final pitch and you know guys like the tugger and a, a couple other guys will not be a part of the you know will not be there and some guys can't make it and but um but there'll be uh, i know uh, mccarver's coming even and he's got some dealing with health issues and they were all getting older and pete pete too but he's he's got a sharp mind and all these great memories and we just had a ball last saturday talking about old stories and when i got hit by a line drive by dave winfield and the right in the rear end and it stuck and it dropped down and i threw him <laughs> out and it wouldn't stop stinging and pete pete comes over bouncing the ball on the turf and comes over and he says oh and winfield's laughing at me going by you know and i'm just i can't rub it it hurts so bad and it keeps stinging and pete Pete comes up, drop it. He's dropping the ball on the turf and catching it and throwing it on the turf. And he goes, "LC says, does that hurt?" And I go, "Of course it hurts. It won't stop stinging." He says, "Well, it couldn't have hurt. It wasn't on there that long." So I mean, Pete Pete had one after another after another. He was he was sharp. He was with it, and we had a you know it was it was a lot of fun playing ball with him and. You know, the, the the reunion this weekend, I know it's going to be really hot and everything, but it's always enjoyable, the alumni. And guys, guys, we're all getting older, but it'll be nice to have everybody together. And, you know, Ron Reed and, and Bake McBride are going on the Wall of Fame. And who knows about next year? I'm hearing rumors, so we'll see. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, that, that would be well-deserved. And I do want to say, do you, does, does the guy, do the guys know, and including yourself, what you mean to the city of Philadelphia? That that wasn't just, uh, I mean, that was, a World Series is a massive thing. That was our first World Series, potentially the yeah. biggest moment in the history. Do you know what you still mean to the city and what you will always mean to the city? Uh, people are so nice, you know, and they and I. Hey, I I live here, I work here, I've and you know Johnny Doc, and I'll never forget Jimmy Mackin telling me. I said, hey. Hey, uh, you know, you got to come and meet this kid here. He said, hey, kid, come over here. Come on, Johnny Doc. Come over and say hi to LC. And all. And he said, he said, this guy's going to be somebody. This guy's going to be something. And Johnny Doc and what he's done for the city and, 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 and all of charity and what he's gone through with his, you know, with his family and with Celia's wife, who's, you know, bless her, bless her with the, the struggles that she's had. And Johnny's at her side every, every minute. And, you know, the loyal friends that he has and, uh, you know, but and we, you know, we just lost Bobby Heen, and I went to the. I just had back surgery, and I'm off to the. Went to the services for Bobby, and there were the lines around the people. You know, everybody we support each other here in Philadelphia, and and I was from Washington State, and never heard of the Phillies. Thought they were horses, and 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 signed as a young kid, and still didn't know who they were for a couple of years until, you know, I kind of figured it out. They're really just Phillies, and that's all it is. So, but. <laughs> We had I had a, a great career, stayed with the Phillies my whole career, and and had a lot of great memories during a great era to play ball in. You know, it wasn't about the money; it was about playing ball. And we had some great, great players that were, you know, it was all about just playing, playing baseball, playing hard, and had a lot of injuries and problems. But you know what? I, I was so, I'm so grateful for the era that we played in. And yes, that 1980 World Series is most memorable. Too bad we didn't bring one home earlier. Uh, you know, in those 76, 7, and 8. But, 
it's the way it is. And 81, too, you know, we were, you know, right back in it. So, but in 83, we, you know, lose to Baltimore in the World Series, but hardly anybody remembers that. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, the, the, the 80 World Series is something that um, just is, you know, it's imprinted in my mind and everybody else. I wonder, I often wonder, Larry, if, you know, or, 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 or wish that today's era of baseball could somehow return to your era of baseball. And I don't know why I make that statement. I just enjoyed it so much more. I'm a baseball guy. I love baseball today. But I just enjoyed it so much more. Well, wouldn't it be nice to go and and pay, you know, uh, $15 to get a great, you know, great seat right behind home plate, too, and have the, have the, you know, the blue-collar people be able to attend, and so things evolve, and everything evolves, but now it's evolved into something where, I mean, the designated hitter, and then, you know, in the National League, and oh my God, you know, I mean, we don't, you know, take the, know. Take, take them out of the light, gotta, you know, anyway, it's, it's there's a lot, and then trying to, uh, you know, pitch, pitch, pitchers going, you know, like Max Scherzer the other night pitches a gem, and he's in the pitches through the seventh and celebrates, and then they've got, you know, there's 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 six more outs to go, but they turn it over to the relief pitcher, and and what happens? He walks, and here's a guy that he's from kind of our era back, you know, Kent, not from there, but I mean, he's kind of like that era type pitcher that hey, he's going to complete his game and finish his game, you know, and but no, he, he lets it go, and I was surprised. And then here he goes, walks away with a no decision. You know, the Mets ended up winning the game, but it was just something that I was kind of taken aback by that one. And, and yeah, it's, uh, it was a great era, but, no, I don't think it's ever going to be reversed. It's going to change and become different than it is. You know, in 20 more years, it'll be different than it is now. Um, a lot of hey, money. Larry. You know, you guys see those contracts. My God. Well, wait till Aaron Judge at the end of the season. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's yeah, having a monster year, too. I met yeah. I met that kid in Philly and what the nicest nicest guy and he said I was so he was so interested in the era of, of I, what I told him about the era that I played said boy I'm, he's he just uh, couldn't have been any nicer friendly and 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 really interested and humble and it was a real pleasure to to meet him and so he's a good guy out there that's a uh, boy I tell you what he's dangerous powerful and and I'm and good luck to him you know absolutely hey Joe I. I just want a, a little rapid fire. I know we got it. We're up against time, but uh, number one, we're we're in business. We're we're out on the West Coast, and we happen to bunch bump into Uh-oh. Pete Rose, and he's signing mm-hmm. autographs, right? And I'm out there with a, another good friend of uh, of Larry's, Brian Barrows. So you know, we do the IBW business, and then we walk by, and I said, "Let me go over and see Pete Rose." So I know him and Larry have been friends forever. So I go over and I said to him, "I said, hey, Mr. Rose, I said I'm a big fan." And I said, you know, so is my father and, you know, and everybody around me. And I said, yo, you know, a good friend of ours, Larry Christensen. He said, I never heard of him. Right. (laughs) He just went on signing cards and sitting there. Right. So, so we're standing there. I'm like, man. So we call Larry and and Larry calls Pete. Pete still acts like he don't know him. Right. So we come back at like two hours later and Pete gets up and looks for us. We're walking back the same direction. He's still there. And then he starts singing Larry's praises. But I mean, that's the relationship they had. I mean, he didn't blink. He just said, yeah, I never heard of him. You know, it just, it it was said there. Hey, by the way, hot rumors that the Phillies are going to keep him around for a while. 
I mean, uh, you know, I know, I know Major League Baseball, you know, has it in for them. They don't want them to do anything. But my understanding, you guys did a great job. And, you know, the Phillies might, you know, might try to keep them around and maybe memorialize his history a little bit here, around here, too. I'd love, I'd love for them to, you know, do something with him, a little special, single him out one night. I tell you what, they'll sell that stadium out in, in 10 minutes if they're going to do something honoring Pete Rose in this town. They were going to with that Wall of Fame. Remember that Wall of Fame night he got yeah. canceled on? That was because of Dowd coming out and the Dowd report and all that. So, yeah, Pete yeah. went through it. And that was all. And then the Pete Rose bobbleheads they were going to give out that night. You know, they say they dumped him in the river somewhere. But why? how would anybody be allowed to even, you know, you know that we can't do that. They're hidden away somewhere. So I think those bobbleheads yeah. might be coming out in the in the next 12 months. <laughs> Yeah, it would be nice, and it would be it would be well deserved. And and major Definitely. league should the major league baseball shouldn't get anywhere near that. There's so much yeah. in game gambling going on right now that Pete Rose yeah. should be a hero, uh, Pete, yeah. and, and, and and that's a fact. So, uh, Larry, listen, man, uh, we can't thank you enough for being on the broadcast. By the way, you you know you've been on tons of sports shows. This is the labor show. You got more fans yeah. listening right now than you can shake a stick at, man. So we appreciate it. Have a great time, uh, you know, at, at, at the event next week. And uh, thanks for the memories, man. Well, you guys are all my best friends and, and clients. And I, that's, that's who I've been. You know, relationships, relationships. That's what makes the world go round. And, and Johnny Doc is one of my favorites of all time. So um, and God bless you guys. And. And look forward to this weekend coming up and, and, uh, and everybody getting together, everybody in the city and even watching on TV. And awesome. thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Anytime, guys. Uh, good stuff. Larry Christensen here on the John Doherty Hour. We'll take a commercial break. Back in a moment. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. This edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542. And back here live on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, uh, this is the John Doherty Hour. Great stuff. Uh, with Larry so Christensen. Cool, Look forward to that. Uh, I think next Sunday, the reunion of the 80 team. Uh, Pete Rose. I'm with John Doherty. I was a huge, and still am, who, who is uh, it, a right? huge, huge uh, Pete Rose fan. And it's going to be really, really cool to have the 80 team. Um, and that era of baseball, um, which I love. When they anyway. manufactured runs, let, let pitchers go eight innings instead of seven after one walk instead of five. Um, but absolutely can't wait. Um, Joe, a lot, lot's going on. A couple weeks ago, we had Lynn Fox on of Workers United and Alex Riccio, um, uh, who's an organizer there, talking about Starbucks and, and the organizing efforts and, and uh, so much going on. Tonight, we have Kat uh, Fligler, uh, a shift manager at the Starbucks coffee shop at 12th and Walnut and a partner. I uh, want to bring Kat onto the program. How are you, Kat? Hi, I'm well. How are you? Uh, we're doing great, and and uh, you know certainly we're, we're we're very supportive of what you guys are doing. If you would, uh, obviously, uh, there was an action going on this week. What what uh, series of events led to you and your fellow Starbucks employees, uh, you know, to call the management's bluff and stage the one day walkout? Well, first, I want to thank you for having me on there. This is so sweet. I really feel the support. Um, and hello to all the listeners who are supporting us at Starbucks too. I really appreciate you all. 
It's our pleasure. Um, and, and it's, you're doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you. So the events that led to um, us wanting to strike are multiple. Um, in part, we, we, we started organizing for a union in early March. Um, we filed in the beginning of April, and we won our election um, June 21st. So a month later, July 22nd, we had formed a strike. Um, it was our first demand was um, that we just wanted to see our manager terminated. We have seen so much retaliation, um, harassment, transphobia, homophobia. Um, the company has withheld our new benefits, including pay raises, which um, give baristas a $15 minimum wage, abortion care, gender affirming care. Um, and our rights have been withheld from us numerous times. There have been so many unfair labor practices that we filed since April. It's insane. So the only thing left that we could do was withhold our labor. And what was the uh, corporate's reaction when you, uh, when, when, when you said that? Uh, when we went on strike? Yes. Um, midday, uh, I had a follow-up interview, I think, with News Channel 3, and they read me the quote. Uh, it was something along the lines of Starbucks um, supports our right to strike, and they um, back us 100%. And they also thank the workers who chose to keep working and support the business. And I thought that was just so sly. Um, I couldn't uh, help but laugh on air. <laughs> right, and probably written by their lawyer, but that's just my thought. John Doherty, your thoughts? Oh, for sure. Dead cat, I just want to let you know. I've been saying for the last two years that, you know, we had a construction, you know, at the time I was the head of the Philadelphia Building Trades. And we had a problem right at Third and Springs Garden with go pumps. So what I did is, and you know, I, I try or I used to try to get around and talk to everybody about every work stoppage or any any work activity or union organizing activity. So mm-hmm. I started talking to the people from go pumps, and and they were like, they were losing money. I mean, you know, when they started, they got signed at a big contract and and. Things slowed up. They they reworked their contract, and that's just not the way, you know, it's supposed to be. And I was saying that I've been dying for somebody to go into Amazon. I know in New York they just had a really big campaign, and there was a big good article in the New York Magazine up there about their efforts yeah. in organizing and trying to get a contract. And then what you did here, you know, I mean, there was a lot of social issues that had to be addressed. You know, and like you say, discrimination, I don't care who you discriminate against. Discrimination is discrimination. Okay? And mm-hmm. but I just want to let you know, Go Puffs and Starbucks and Amazon and everybody else that is making money in this new economy that we have should be paying a fair wage, should be paying benefits, and should be putting you in a position that when you retire, you can retire and take care of not only your own family, like, you know that your kids and help them out too. So I mean, you need you need that you need to get this and you know whatever I can do from this radio show's perspective, whatever we can do. If you ever need, you know, somebody to fill five minutes up, I'll grab these other two guys and we'll go and we'll speak to people. So you guys do a great job, you know. And and again, economic boycott works. Don't let people think it doesn't. Okay, Absolutely. and you got to play by the rules, you know, because you know I'm I'm a sitting uh, proof of that. You got to be careful because people try to stretch the rules on you. Once you stand in the way of like the Comcast of the world, 
man, you, you, the people come at you heavy. So Starbucks is a big player, you know, and Schultz is a big player. And, you know, these guys walk yeah. in and out of White Houses, and thank God this White House, they ain't got the keys to, you know. So, but you did, you know, you're doing a great job, you know, and make sure you tell everybody else that, you know, anytime they want to come, come on the show and, and even just get on an advertiser rally or a protest or whatever the heck, you're more than welcome. Thank you. Thank and you. I'll tell you, and Kat, you know, to, to John's point, we had Lynn Fox on a couple of weeks ago. She said this is the organizing campaign of her career. Okay. And, you know, so you're, 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 you're doing a phenomenal job. What's the status right now? Uh, status nationally, I believe we've just won our 200th store. That's awesome. Uh, you know, certainly, I'm, I'm not it's sure. Phenomenal. Not, it is. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say it's it's phenomenal, and it's it's actually record-breaking. Like, Workers United has said this is actually record-breaking. And I, I think there's somewhere between, um, I want to say, 23 and 25% of those 200 stores in the last six months have striked at least once. That also is record-breaking. And you know what's interesting? What Alex Riccio said, I don't John Doc, I don't know if you heard this, and, of course, Joe Crash, who did, as an organizer in, in this campaign, and I don't know if you know Alex, but he said he felt like a member of a Motley crew. That's how much he was being appreciated. <laughs> That's how much he was appreciated. And I don't know if, if, if the memo's been passed on to Starbucks and, 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 and a lot of these big corporations, but a lot of them that are making money off the backs of workers, you can't, in, in, in a lot of those places, workers don't want to work anymore. So, yeah, you guys are, are, are to be, you know, to be uh, lauded and, and, and what you are doing uh, is, is, is fantastic. Uh, has there has there been any intimidation uh, since these strikes have have, have happened? Um, there's been some intimidation. My my manager in particular was on vacation um, when we striked and the week following. Um, and when she came back, it was just um, we're just rolling with the punches. Her boss and her have just been lingering, hovering, um, having one on ones with us. It's Never ending. <laughs> and how's the, uh, me how's the morale? You. I'm sorry, John. No, I was just going to say basically the same thing you're doing. You know, I remember when our good friend Eddie Mooney and they, they had the strike all over the city. And I was visiting all the, the locations, you know, occasionally bringing pizza and, you know, some iced teas and things like that. Yep. Okay, people appreciate that. So, I'm, you know, we got a big listening crew here and it's a big working class crew. So when you see these guys and girls outside Starbucks, you know, make sure you stop and, you know, or when you're riding by to dorm. But I want to let you know when I, I've been through, and this is going to sound crazy, you know, I've been through all type of intimidation. And again, just like discrimination, intimidation comes in all type of ways. Okay. And the thing that drives people crazy is if you're outside at 530 every morning and they really start to get crazy with you. Get outside 5.15 the next morning. That'll even drive them crazy. You know? So just you know, keep a smile on your face. Don't go away. Don't, be, don't let people engage in any sort of confrontation. And continue to talk to people. People are on your side. You know, this is a different world we live in today. Absolutely. And, and yeah. Kat, we, we want to thank you. Like John said, this is your platform. Uh, keep up the good work, man, and, and, and we're behind every single one of you. And congratulations on the success and for not taking no for an answer. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. 
All right, good stuff from Cat Fligler joining us here on the John Doherty Hour here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll get to our final commercial break back in a moment. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Iron Workers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roofers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor. All right, back here live on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Good stuff again from Kat Fligler uh, joining us, and also special thanks to Larry Christensen. Again, look forward to the uh, reunion of that 80 team. As promised when we came on with the John Doherty Hour, uh, Jay Doc, we have uh, uh, we started our conversation with baseball. Um, we're going to end our conversation uh, with football. And I get to bring in big Barrett Brooks to join us here uh, on the John Doherty Hour. Uh, We'll talk a little bit of Eagles football, military day today down in South Philadelphia. Barrett, welcome in, my friend. Appreciate it, and thanks for coming on. John, Joe, thank you so much for having me. How's it going, guys? All good, brother. We're good, man. Listen, Barrett, just so you can visualize, because we're doing radio, we're not doing uh, the Jacob YouTube network with you, Gunner, and Ellis. So, um, uh, John Doherty, Philly's biggest fan uh, on the line. Jay Doc uh, with us uh, as well. We're all incredibly excited about all of the off-season moves that uh, Howie has made. Uh, you're down at practice. Bring us into it. What do you see early three days in the camp? Well, you know, you guys should be excited, you know. Jay, you know, I mean, if, when you look at this team, we all had high expectations when they went in. And, and I mean, it, it started, you know, formulating when they went out and got Riddick. And we didn't think it was enough that they just brought in Riddick because, you know, at that point, okay, you brought in Zach Pascal, you brought an edge rusher. But that was just a, just a little – a glimpse of what they were going to do on draft day by them going out and get AJ Brown. It really set forward in motion that this team was ready to take it to another level. They were ready to compete. They weren't just retooling. They're ready now to compete, not just in the division, but I really think in the NFC um, down there looking at, 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 at the no care when I'm looking at practice, my expectations, of course they were, you know, they were a little higher than they were last year. Um, they're another year in this system that Coach Nick Sirianni had. So as I looked at them, they surprised me because they're a lot more um, they're a lot more talented than I thought. And it, I think the major reason why they look the way they looked is everybody knows the system now. They understand the expectations of Nick Sirianni. They know what's expected of him on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. They understand how they come together and what everybody's role is on the team. That's a far cry from what I saw back in training camp last year. Everybody was trying to learn the terminology, learn the system, learn the coaches, learning players, learning themselves. Well, they got it now. You know, usually it takes the offense at least, at the very least, three days to get, you know, up to speed with the defense. I'll tell you what. Even though the offense, you know, is, is not firing all the time on, 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 you know, all cylinders, a lot of the times they are, which is, you know, you know, to me is 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 definitely a point in the right direction because they they're definitely where they're supposed to be at. I mean, running the ball even with no pads on, you can see the holes open up, you can see the blocking schemes, you realize who's supposed to be on who. I mean, they're executing, and you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys. They, I'm you know, get off my man, I'm um, get off my yard. 
I'm an old man. You know, I'm used to practicing two a days, three hours in the morning, two and a half at night, full pads every day. Well, I looked at practice, and that, it kind of changed my mindset on how they went about going to practice. They're so efficient in their time and, and, and how they move around and, you know, their execution that, you know, I'm starting to think, well, this might be – they might have something going on right now that, um, you know, they may be a lot better than I thought they were. John Docker, are you buying what Barrett sees out there at camp? Oh, yeah. It's great having Barrett back on the radio show, too. I mean, you do a great job, buddy. Just want to let you know. But I'm real excited about A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I just think that, you know, they're going to be tough to cover. You know, it seemed like last year, Devontae Smith, even being young as he was, always was open. You know, and I'd say A.J. Brown's in the top three receivers in football right now. And the two of them together, you know, I, I'm just looking forward to it. And, you know, you heard Joe say that we saved you for last, but that's that's because everybody knows I'm a diehard fan. I love everything. I think the Phillies, Sixers, Flyers, and Eagles are going to win every year. I watch every draft. I love everything. But in this town, there's all them teams, then there's the Eagles. Everybody in the construction industry, they're talking about football already on the job sites. You know, and the Phillies are playing good baseball. I mean, it's just, it just the Eagles are there, and I think this is going to be a good year. I think it's going to be a real good year. I, John, I think when it's I first a, got drafted here, when I first got drafted here, that's the first thing that I noticed. First thing that I noticed, this is a blue-collar town. We take our football seriously, and I feel you. I, I totally understand what you're saying, man. I totally understand what you're saying. And, and Barrett, you know, you looked at the draft, right? And I was watching the national championship game, and I'm thinking, I love them two guys. I would love to have N'Kobe Dean. Of course, the dump truck in the middle we got right now. When we were able to get both of those guys, mother of God. I mean, especially how we hasn't drafted a linebacker, you know, in, in, of that caliber in ages. What were your thoughts, man? Because it was a, a totally different scene uh, when he took those two guys. Yeah, it's still unbelievable. It's still unbelievable for me to think that they went out and got, for, you know, to me, the most instinctive linebacker in the draft. Oh yeah, he understands where he's supposed to be and how he's supposed to get there. He's a he's he's a fiend when it comes to you know knowing everything he needs to know about playing the linebacker position. And you know the fact that they got him in the third round. I don't know what how he must have. He must oh, yeah. have, you know, the right girl, man, to, to make that happen, bro. God, I don't know how he was able to get him in the third round. And well, there were rumors because they said he was hurt, right? Well, whoever was starting that rumor mill, when they drafted him, I hit the ceiling, man. And, and uh, it's just it's just so fantastic. Your thoughts on Jalen Hurts? Uh, obviously, I was so excited to see him get this opportunity. Uh, I'm glad they didn't, you know, draft or trade over him. I, 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 the, the kid. He's just an amazing – he's got great character. What do you think about this year? I think he's going to be even better as a quarterback because he has weapons. You know, you have two receivers. Now, they didn't draft – we need to also understand this. They did not draft Devontae Smith to be a number two wide receiver. It just so happened they went out and got somebody that they traded for in the draft who's a number one. Now, who's going to be number one um, A and who's going to be number one B? I mean, these guys are showing out on the field that they're both very capable of being number one wide receivers. I'll tell you what, you know, Smitty, Smitty's route running is, 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 is off the chain now. He's getting even better as a route runner. I was watching the day and how fluid he was, how it was so hard for the DB to stick on it because he's just flawless and, and how his, his feet, you know, change direction and how he's able to move his body in a way that, you know, keeps guys off of him. 
he is getting open simply just by running routes and, and his and his route running is just so fluid that it's gonna be hard for teams to not pay attention to him. In fact I think they might double team him more so than double team in uh AJ simply because of the speed that this guy possessed. And then to watch, you know, AJ Brown. We're talking about a guy that just Debo's DBs. I mean, his thing is he has a huge catch radius, not because of how tall he is. He's average height for a receiver, but just by the way he plays and the physicality he brings to the game when he's running his routes. He's not pushing guys off. He's not pushing off. He's using his body to move guys around to give Jalen Hurst an even bigger catch radius because he's so big and physical. You don't have to be perfect in how you throw the ball when you're throwing to A.J. Brown because he's so big and dominant that his catch rate is opens up even more because he can move guys out of the way just by the motion of his body to go catch. And the biggest thing, he can catch. Both our number one receivers can catch. So it's going to be hard-pressed for a lot of teams to really double-team either one of those guys without the other guy playing well. And, oh, by the way, when you do that, it means you got to take that safety out of the box. That means that number one offensive line in the NFL can take over. We can run the ball with those guys up front. It's going to be really hard for defenses to shut those guys down. Wow, really good when stuff. I, first sold, I, I can't wait. When John, I first got you back, back, John, two minutes, brother. Yeah, when I first saw, you know, I mean, the first time I saw A.J. play, I mean, down in Tennessee, I thought he was the closest thing I saw to Terrell Owens in a while. Yes. You know, and I mean, I think they got the same type of game. Would you, is, that, is that fair? That's absolutely right. The same type of game, in fact, A.J. might be a little faster than T.O., so, you know, you look for size to side, man, this guy looks like a Greek god when he's, you know, when he's out there running, yeah. man. His, I mean, every single muscle in his body is flexing, man. That's how big and, 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 and tight he is as a player. So, you know, using that strength and able to run routes with that strength, he's put together just right to go out there and demand that you account for him. And that means you've got to allocate resources to wherever he is on the field. So, I mean, this is definitely one of those things where, you know, T.O. led this team to the promise now, although they didn't win. But, I mean, it's the same opportunity here where you have to respect his route running because he's so big and you have to respect him as a player that you got to make sure you he's a focal point on stopping on defense, which is going to open up the other guy on the other side with Smitty. So I can't wait to see what, you know, the, the offense does with both of those guys in the lineup. Good stuff from Barrett Brooks. You'll catch him every Monday through Friday on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, 12 to 3 Sports Take with Rob Ellis, Ellis, Barrett Brooks, and A.J. Brown's kryptonite, Derek Gunn. (laughs) Barrett, great stuff here on a Saturday night, brother, on the John Dockery Hour. Appreciate you, you, man. Thank you. Everybody watch Sports Take, 12 to 3. B.D. Gunn, Rob Ellis, we're rocking. Jacob Media, baby. I love it. Big stuff. (laughs) Uh, on the John Doherty Hour. John, I got 30 seconds. Brother, you get it, man. Thanks, Barrett. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Yeah, here's 30 seconds. The Phillies are, it's tied up in the bottom of the third, right? Castellanos has left five guys on base already. Every single out that they hit has been a line drive that somebody's made a great play. I'm, I'm watching this game. They have to win this game by about eight to nothing the way they're hitting the baseball tonight. But it's Castellanos left five on base already. Oh, boy. On behalf of John Doherty, on behalf of J-Doc, on behalf of Double B, Barrett Brooks, I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey.